Give me just a few minutes at the beginning of this message. I'm going to be very theological. And then I'm going to move to the practical fairly rapidly. Now, the reason I ask you to be grace-filled with that is sometimes the theological causes people to just roll their eyes to the back of their heads and tune out. Don't tune out. We're going to get practical really fast, but we need to be theological first. So let's start right there. There are three widely accepted attributes of God. Now, I say three widely accepted. There are folks that would try to add a few more attributes to God, but they get hotly contested at times. So these three are widely accepted. These are things that we just know about God. They are called the omnis. Omni simply means all. It just means all. And then after we say all, we add some other attributes or characteristics of God to a word to make the omnis come to life. Here's what I mean by that. God is omniscient. Omni, he is all-knowing. He is all-knowing. Here's a passage of scripture that backs that up. 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 through 20. By this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. God is omniscient, or all-knowing, widely accepted. Number two, God is omnipotent, or all-powerful. Here's a passage of scripture that backs it up. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. God is all-powerful. Scripture is very plain about that. God is all-powerful. Here's the third one. God is omnipresent or always present. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. God is everywhere. And that is not something that many people really even want to debate. Though there are a group of people called deists that would say that that is not true. That God created the heavens and the earth and then he retreated to the heavens and he has been completely uninvolved and uninterested in what's going on here ever since. We are not deists. We don't believe that. And as we look at the omnis of God and we particularly come to that last one, God is omnipresent. It's something that we just easily accept. Theologically, we easily accept that. God is everywhere all the time. He's all-knowing and he's all-powerful. And theologically, because we accept that, we tend to not think about it very much at all. But we should. And when we do, it reveals some things to us that we don't get to see anywhere else except in our study as we dig into these types of things. So this summer, Really, the entire summer, I want us to dig into this idea of the last one in particular, that God is omnipresent. But in order to do that, I want us to leave the theological and get into the practical, because the practical is where we do the best 
digging. So let's dig into the practical. And in order to do that, it requires us to look at a second dimension of the omnipresence of God. It's called the manifest presence of God. Doctrinally, that's what we refer to it as, the manifest presence of God. Now, you may have never heard of that, so let me just help you understand it. We'll go back to omnipresent. Here's the definition of omnipresent. Uh, no, just move on to the next slide. God's omnipresence is his attribute of being everywhere at once. That's what we just talked about. The manifest presence of God, take a look at this, is his interaction with us. It is when we experience him. That is the manifest presence of God. It is when we experience him. And when it happens for us, when we experience God, it leads us to a place where we can declare nothing other than what is best captured in the original languages. It looks just like this. We declare, here it comes, wow, wow. That's from the original languages, wow. You might say, Phil, I have never had a wow experience with God. That's never happened for me. Well, I might offer to you, and, and please be grace-filled once again, because I need a little bit of your permission to say this. The reason you may have never experienced that is because you've never accepted God's invitation to experience that. And God truly does invite us into this wow experience where we get to know Him through His manifest presence. And I don't want you to just take my word on that. I want you to listen to what God says as he invites us to experience this part of who he is. This is found in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. That is God's invitation to you. Now, here's one of the things I love about this particular verse. When we built this building, we wrote scripture on the floors and on the walls all through this entire building. It is covered with the word of God. And Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 is written right up here behind these words. Call to me and I will answer you, declares the Lord. And I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Richard Blackaby has a, a really pointed way of speaking to this invitation. Take a look at this. Many Christians today receive this enormous invitation, and yet we rarely, rarely experience a fresh, dynamic encounter with God. It's not that the Lord isn't willing to reveal more exciting truths to us. The problem is never with God. The obstacle is us. We're far too easily satisfied. We limit God in our lives, and that's true. We find a place where we are comfortable with what we know. We find a place where we are comfortable with what we understand, and we stay right there. And for many people, that is in the realm of the theological, and it never becomes practical, and they never have the chance to say, wow, that is the manifest presence of God. They limit themselves without understanding with absolutely no understanding that what God wants with us is a relationship. He wants something so close that we are able on a regular basis to say, wow, I just saw something about God. I just experienced God. I just walked with God. And he really made it possible when he sent his son. 
You remember in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, when God said that they were to call Jesus by the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's the manifest presence of God. How he reveals himself to us that we might experience him. Well, I want to show you a passage of Scripture this morning, and like I said, this summer, that will move these limits so that you can begin to experience God in a new way. It's found, interestingly enough, in the Old Testament. Join me in the book of Psalms, will you? Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Verse 1. David is the psalmist. He says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has sent a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern this, his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. There are at least, at least seven manifestations of the presence of God called out in this one chapter. At least seven. And we're going to look at each one of them. But this morning, I want to spend the rest of our time looking at the first one. It is unique in that it requires six verses, the first six verses to lay it all out. Now, I don't believe that that is accidental. God did that on purpose, and there are some unique, subtle messages that are found when we start looking at the fact that it took six verses to describe this. What he wants us to understand at the very beginning is that God is always speaking through creation. God is always revealing himself through the created. Now, the reason that I say there is something subtle in the fact that it takes six verses to do that is it took six days for God to create. So six verses for us to be able to understand how the Lord is revealing himself that we might really experience him through creation. It's very cool when we get to a place where we understand the depths of how God does this. John Piper makes that very direct in his teaching on this passage. Take a look at this. Fix this truth in your minds. God speaks through what he has made and means for you to hear what he has to say. 
And since he never speaks in vain, he means for what he has to say to minister to you, to meet some need that you have. That's the manifest presence of God. Fix this in your mind. Oftentimes, God will speak to you through the created. He will speak to you through creation. Now, it can be a bit confusing. There's no question about that. Let's go back to Psalm 19. Take a look at how this starts, and you'll see in three verses why it can be confusing. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. So David starts out by saying, day to day the heavens pour out speech. And then he gets to verse 3, and he says, there is no speech, nor are there words. See the confusion? So if there is speech from creation, if there are words, if there is communication... And then he says, there is none, then we can easily shut down. But that's what you see when you read those three verses on the surface. Let's go just a little bit deeper and read them again. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. You need the last part of verse 3 to really make it make sense. Yet here's what we know. Most of us have never heard creation audibly speak to us. But it may very well be that we haven't because we're not listening. I love the fact that David says, day to day pours out speech. And then he says, there is no speech. It causes us to look a little bit differently. We don't, most of us hear audible words in creation. But that doesn't mean God isn't speaking. He's just using a different means of communication. Here's some ways to think about it. There is communication happening from God to us that doesn't involve words. Rather, it happens through light and color, contrast and shape, proportion and design, motion and magnitude. Those are just some examples how, of how God speaks to us through creation if we will really stop and listen. And if we will, man alive, we're going to hear some things that will minister to us. We will hear some things that can change us. We will hear the guiding voice of God as we listen for Him differently than we ever have before. Now, I want to say this real quick because I don't want there to be any mistake on this. I am not presenting to you a pantheist type of belief that says God is in creation and creation is God. Nature is God and God is nature. That's a pantheist type of belief. And I am not presenting that to you in any way, shape, means, or form. So if you ever hear anybody say, boy, Phil has lost his mind, and he's preaching to us something he's never preached before, you set the record straight. Defend me. That is not what I am saying. I am telling you this, and I want you to fix it in your minds. God is the God of creation. He created everything around us. He is not just a part of it that emanates from within. He is the creator. 
And in fact, let me show you four things that help you understand God's relationship with creation. Number one, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1 tells us all about it, says exactly how he did it. And I am one who believes that we read that literally. He did it in seven 24-hour days. Six, actually. On the seventh, he rested. That's the truth. God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I love this next one. But we are fully aware of the fact that God moves among creation. Take a look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Well, you keep your finger there in Psalm 19, but let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Speaking of Adam and Eve, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Psalms would actually teach us that when God was leading the children of Israel through the Exodus and it was time to come to the Red Sea, that God walked through the water first, that he walked into the depths of the sea, and his footprints were placed at the bottom of it, though no one ever saw the footprints of God. God walks among creation. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time. God uses creation. Psalm chapter 77 Verses 11 through 20. The psalmist says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Listen to this. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. God moves among creation. Take a look at number three, or uh, number four. God speaks through creation. Psalm chapter 81, verses four through seven, says very simply, for it is a statute for Israel, a rule of the God of Jacob. He made it a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt. I hear a language I had not known. I relieved your shoulders of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. That's what God was saying. He spoke a language that they were unfamiliar with. He answered from the deep places of thunder. God speaks through creation. We just have to listen. We just have to listen. And if we will slow down and do that, oh my, God will minister to us. He'll reveal things to us that prior to that moment, we may have never seen. That's God's invitation. Call to me and I will answer. I'll show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. But you got to listen. You got to pay attention. And God may very well speak through all of creation to bring the answers to you. Oh, we'll see as we go on through Psalm chapter 19, other ways that he speaks, but he may very well speak 
through creation to bring to you what you need to hear. So take those things to the bank. God is the creator, and he walks among his created, and he uses his creation, and he speaks through his creation. But now, now, I want to show you the wow part of this. Creation will speak of the glory of God. Creation will speak of the glory of God. Let me say it again because I want you to catch it. Creation will speak of the glory of God. Psalm chapter 19 verses 1 through 6 lay that out for us. But there are other places that take it a little further. Like this. In Psalm 148, Psalm 148, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His host. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For He commanded and they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps. Fine, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills, fruit and trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and the rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for His people. Praise for all His saints, for the people of Israel who are near to Him. Praise the Lord. Did you catch all that? That is God inviting the sun, the moon, the stars, and all of creation to praise Him. Now that's the wow factor. The sun, the moon, the stars, all of creation speaks praises to God. It shouldn't surprise us. At the triumphal entry, Jesus Himself would say that if the people had not praised Him, the rocks would cry out. All of creation speaks. And we get just a bit of a glimpse in Psalm 148 of what that might sound like. But you want to take a closer look? So I was putting this together. My mind went back to a video that I showed you four or five years ago, and I've watched it once or twice since then. It always gives me goosebumps. I want to show it to you again. Louis Giglio put this together. It is, it is really something. If you want to get the most out of it, you'll have to participate, and we'll show you where. But I want you to take a look at this. I'm going to give the rest of the message over to Louie. We edited this for time. You can find it on YouTube and watch the whole video. We cut this down just for the sake of the message. But watch this. He says, praise him sun and moon, and praise him all you shining stars. That's not just a poetic idea. That's really happening because stars don't just shine Stars also sing. Let me just show you a couple more stars. This one is called the Vela Pulsar. When they aimed the radio telescopes at the Vela Pulsar, this is what they heard. And this is what this guy does 24-7, day and night, 365 days a year. This is what, from a thousand light years away, the Vela Pulsar sounds like right now. This is it. Listen to this. 
about you, but I, that blew me away. I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. You're like, well, what does it mean? I don't know. Is that some kind of Morse code for something? Or what does what, what all that mean? I don't know what it means, but, and I don't want to you know, go too crazy here, but maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148, verse 3, and says, it says, praise him, sun and moon, and all you shining stars. We're a shining star. We should praise him. Well, how are we going to praise him? I know. Let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of of God's praise from all creation. I recently stumbled on 47 Tuck. It's a, a beautiful uh, cluster of stars. Let's show you the picture of it here. There are 12 of these super giant blue stars in there, but the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars. And right now tonight, while we're sitting in this room, the 16 recorded millisecond pulsars in 47 Tuck are making this sound right now. And we just looked at one 11 times a second pulsar and 16 millisecond pulsars, and you start seeing Psalm 48 come to life. But look down at verse 7. It says, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps. The, the whale songs could sound like this right here. Take a listen. don't know the expanse of the worship that is continually surrounding the throne of God. And our songs are great, but God isn't banking on our songs because he is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight. So I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program, and, and I'm not a DJ, but I, I just a little thing, just quickly, and I, I want you to see how this works. Now, this guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSRBO329-54. Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. That's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down. And so we're going to put the, uh, the millisecond guys in there.
stars in Wales. Let's stand and see. That's a wow experience. Your voice coming together with the stars, the heavens, with the whales to declare the glory of God. And that's God's invitation for you to understand that and then to participate in it. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 would actually tell us this. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. We are without excuse to lend our voice to the heavens, to the whales, to the sea creatures, to declare the glory of God, to become a part of that heavenly chorus. Because make no mistake, the stars are singing. The rocks are crying out, and the whales are declaring the glory of the Lord. Let your voice be added to theirs as you experience the manifest presence of God. Romans chapter 1 says you are without excuse in that realm. So you have to get aggressive at discovering the manifest presence of the Lord. So let me leave you with this challenge for the summer. Slow down and start listening and experience what God has for you. Start listening in ways that you have never listened before. Call out in ways that you have never called out before. And maybe the best way to begin that is to take this week and start looking at everything around us. We live in a place that reflects this glory of God, so use it. Don't take it for granted. Use it. Start looking and then listening to see what God has for you. Want some accountability in that? Email to me what you hear, what the Lord reveals to you. Send me a message and tell me about it. Let's talk about those things. The manifest presence of God is amazing, and it will lead you to a place where you can say nothing other than, wow, wow, this is what God has done. So spend some time looking and listening. Right now, we want to offer you the opportunity to call out to the Lord through our invitation time. We always do that. Maybe you need God to minister to you in some different way than you have ever experienced. Well, why not respond to this invitation? Just go over to this door, my right, your left. Just go over there. Deanie will meet you. Tell him you need to talk with somebody. You need to pray with somebody. You need a wow moment with the Lord. Go speak to somebody and pray and call out to God and ask him to open your heart and your mind that you might have or hear what he has for you. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, 
It is our desire that our voice will be added to all the other voices of creation. Here and now, until we stand around your throne, that our voice will lift you high. And we pray, Lord, that as we call out to you, we'll receive the ministry that we so desperately desire from you. I just pray, Lord, you'll help us listen differently so we can hear your voice. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.